Welcome to the Man Up, Man Down podcast, presented by Volker Baluda and David Pawsey. We discuss the pressures and challenges faced by men approaching middle age that we're often too embarrassed to speak about with our friends. You can find us online at www.manupdown.com. Enjoy the show and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. So today's topic is your topic, David. My topic. <laughs> Do you want to introduce it? It's 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 a topic I didn't prepare and I didn't prepare it on purpose. Okay. Well, um, this is yeah a bit of an awkward. I'm I'm you know quite a naturally open person. I guess uh, you know people say that I don't have a filter, which I guess is sort of one of the the, the things that we're going to talk about. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling a little bit. Yeah, uncomfortable. But anyway, okay. so this this episode is about neurodiversity, you know, so adult ADHD and adult autism. I guess the reason that we're discussing it is I had a private diagnosis of of being on the autism spectrum a couple of years ago. I mean, that's part it was a private diagnosis because I've been on an NHS waiting list for uh, more than 4 years now and still counting. Said that the topic's about neurodiversity. So, I mean, essentially, the with my diagnosis, I was told that what sort of where I am on the spectrum is what would have been classed as Asperger's, but it is all now sort of described as the autism autism spectrum disorder. I think is the current okay. sort of description. And, and I'd say quite recently, I've been wondering whether I've actually got ADHD as well. And apparently there is quite a high proportion of people that are on, well, that have Asperger's as it was, was used to be known, have ADHD. I mean, I don't know whether it's just the people that I follow on yeah. LinkedIn, but it, it, it's, I don't want to say trend because that makes it sound like it's, you know, sort of something that, that people are, um, you know, makes it sound like a the water bucket challenge or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Some social media trend, but yeah, I mean, there was the uh, Paddy McGuinness who I think now presents Top Gear. There, there was a program with him getting his children uh, assessed, and as a result, his wife realised she was on the spectrum. Um, I mean, on LinkedIn, you see it quite a bit, or certainly on my feed, I see a, a lot of people talking about um, sort of adult diagnosis. I mean, I, I'm sort of going on a, a bit of a ramble in the intro here, but I mean, I think, well, certainly as far as I was concerned, my view of autism was, well, you know, like sort of Dustin Hoffman's portrayal of an autistic yeah. person in Rain Man, or, you know, it's that thing of, doesn't talk, but can sketch a cathedral from, you know, five seconds of memory of, of seeing it for five seconds. Yeah, and yeah. then, you know, and then it's like, well, I, I can't do that. And yeah, I can't, I can't, uh, I've never won big in the casino due to my uh, superpowers. I think it's almost like I recognise, because I studied psychology at A-level. Yeah. So I'd say there were certain members of my family where I sort of recognised sort of certain traits and and I sort of mentioned something to my partner about it and she's like but yeah you do that and that's when I was like oh my god you know then and I guess more I sort of read into it and realized that 
well, you know, that there is a spectrum, um, yeah. which is quite an interesting concept in itself. And I think there is a little bit of, of misunderstanding about the spectrum. Yeah, I, I guess I sort of, and it's another autistic trait to sort of, you know, do a deep dive and do lots of research on things. And well, having, you know, a special interest is what they call it, where you have yeah. like, an intense interest in something. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I ended up going to the doctors and because I've done some online sort of assessments and... Yeah. You know, it was basically saying that or recommending that I speak to a medical professional. So I guess I've I've been researching it over seven or eight years. And, you know, in some ways I'm like, I could have probably qualified to become a, I think it's 10 years it takes to become a qualified psychiatrist. So I could probably got qualified and professionally diagnosed myself. But anyway. I mean, you, you rambled on a bit, but you like to do that, but. I'd like to take a step back. What does ADHD stand for? Is it attention deficit disorder? Uh, well, it's so it's attention deficit hyperactive disorder. Neurodiversity is that just a different word for ADHD, or is it a different uh, well, so diagnosis? Neurodiversity, I guess, is like the catch-all term for okay. for autism, ADHD, um, I get, well, OCD, I guess, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder. Well, and and I think, you know, it's more sort of being condensed into the autism spectrum. Because autism can have different shapes and forms. I mean, I remember looking after, you know, when I was in halls of residence, I had a student who had autism and that was different to, to other people with autism. I mean, it comes in all varieties, shapes and forms. And I'm by no means an expert, which is why I love this episode, because I can ask you all these stupid questions and you can you, you can fill me in after 10 years of research. And Yeah, and, you know, yeah. It, it's, and all your research you've done. I, you know, and I still wouldn't say that I'm an expert. And, well, I mean, that is almost a trait in the... I always stress about the 10% that I don't know about a subject rather than 90% I do. And, you know, again, that's kind of apparently quite a a strong trait that you need to sort of know everything that there is about, about uh, you know, a subject. Yeah. I mean, sorry, going back to your original sort of question about what it stands for, because I think now they've yeah there's they're sort of two two types of adhd and one is sort of more about inattent well the, the traits are more about inattentiveness so difficulty constant concentrating and focusing and then the other aspect is hyperactivity and impulsiveness and i think again sort of you know if we're talking about stereotypes and popular yeah. perceptions i think with adhd it was almost the you know the, ch- the, the naughty schoolboy that won't sit still and won't do it's what it's told. Yeah. And, it, you know, so again, I guess I'm like, well, you know, I quite like lying on the sofa. You know, that's, that's um, you know, I didn't think that I, I sort of fitted the bill. Um, yeah. But, you know, in, in terms of, yeah, focus and concentration and, and procrastination, which is, you know, a sort of a, another sort of strong trait with ADHD, and, and, you know, when I talk about a spectrum, I think a lot of people sort of think that the spectrum is about sort of severity of the condition. Yeah. But it's actually 
well, these are lots of symptoms that are associated with autism. And, you know, some people will have a lot of them. And I guess some of those sim- symptoms are more dehabilitating than others. Yeah, it's it's about sort of which which symptoms you have on the spectrum. You know, my GP said to me, he's like, oh, well, everyone's on a spectrum. I, 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 so, so if you interrupt there, but I, I'm just on the NHS website, right, t- trying to start the research, catching up. And it says, <laughs> main sign of autism, and that's for, for adults, right? Finding hard to understand what others are thinking or feeling. That's quite common, right? Getting anxious about social situations, sometimes. Find it hard to make friends. No, that's all right. Seeming blunt, rude, or not interested. Um, I'm German. You know, it's 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 a German trade, right? Yeah. Um, not not every German is an is an autist. Um, is autist the word? Or not every German autistic. is autistic. Autistic. Um, finding it hard to say how you feel. Yeah, I get that. Taking things literally, definitely. Um, having a routine. I don't want to change. I can see where it's coming from. And yes, I you know you, you mentioned OCD, right? Oh, geez, I I used to I used to check how often. I don't know that, that, that I closed the door in halls of residence. Right? Did I did I lock it? And I almost break, broke the lock, right? Because my, my brain just couldn't. Yeah. You know, and I always thought it was normal um, until I spoke to a, to a psychologist, he, he, therapist. But yeah, not not understanding social rules, avoiding eye contact, getting too close to other people. I mean, are we all a bit autistic? Question mark. I, I just throw it out there, right? So so. so Giving you GP's diagnosis, I'd agree with him. Yeah, I mean, I think what it comes down to is how much does it impact your life? So, you know, if, if it's yeah. getting very anxious about social situations, it's like, well, do you do you let the anxiety get to you and then you avoid it? Or, yeah. you know, do you get that anxiety and you're like, oh, but then, you know. So essentially, I think it is how much does it affect your life and yeah for me it affects it quite a bit but then there are people that are autistic that are obviously you know have to have have you know 24-hour care that would be my next question how does it affect you then you know how does it affect your work can can, can you hold up a job you know how, how does um, it affect your relationship well, without if i say going into detail relationship with your, with your partner with, with your kids with your neighbours, right? With, with, with the dog walking people. Um, um, I know you like to talk about your dog walking people. So, but you know, how, how, how does it affect you? Well, I mean, you know, you might might have noticed this in, in terms of sort of my me responding to WhatsApp messages and things in the... Yeah. And another sort of symptom is, is almost like sensory overload. And so I was away camping this weekend with a group of people. Yeah. And... Yeah, you know, it, it's it takes me a while to recover from it. From you know, it is literally yeah. exhausting for me to to go. You know, if I go to a social event, depending on you know who's going to be there, and and it is almost like I do have to find out who exactly is going to be there. You know where it is. You know the exact location. Sort of how going to get there. And I'll say, you know, it's like, well, how am I going to get there? I mean, it's like, well, yeah. yeah, anyone needs to plan. But it's almost like I get, you know, I get a looping thought almost. How am I going to okay. get there? How am I going to get there? What if this happens? What if this happens? It's... But from memory, that's Rain Man, right? 
Uh, <laughs> is it? I, I I haven't watched the movie for many years. I yeah. Mean, besides, obviously, I remember him him dropping the toothpicks and he says uh, two hundred ninety eight or, or whatever he said. I don't remember, but you know. And then the, the pack has three hundred and they're two still in the pack. But I remember he he talks to himself essentially, going like, you know, I have to do this, I have to do this, yeah. I have to do this. Yeah, so everyone has an internal monologue to a certain extent. Absolutely. Storytelling mind. I mean, I teach it in every mindfulness class I, I teach, right? Yeah. And and how to combat it. Yeah. But I think there's a difference, uh, but I don't know, between a storytelling mind and a looping mind. M- maybe yeah. it's the same. It's, just, you know, your storytelling mind is maybe a bit more loopy loop. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that that's sort of another thing is, and it's sort of, I guess this is how I, I describe it a lot, is is that open loop. You know, it's like I'm constantly trying to close loops. So, you know, for example, if, I mean, there's been times in the past where, you know, expecting to hear about a job or a yeah. project and, you know, it's like, well, it, it could come at some point this week, you know, and it, and it is literally all I will be focusing on. To Yeah, to the extent that I do struggle to focus on work. And and again, it's like, well, you know, everyone's like that, but to, to quite extreme extents. And, I mean, you sort of said about, oh, well, you know, holding down a job. And that's, that's another thing that, yeah. um, you know, my doctor said, oh, well, you know, you, you've you've held down a job and it's like well actually i've not worked in an office since you know i've not had a nine to five job and worked in an office since my daughter was born and i mean yeah it you know hindsight's 2020 but yeah you know it was like oh well i want to be a stay home uh stay at home dad and look after my daughter but i'd say the the decision it wasn't a difficult decision for me i you know i i found office life very stressful yeah for, for, you know, quite a number of reasons. I don't want to interrupt, but was COVID a blessing, working from home? Oh, see, there's there's two sort of answers to this. Yeah. One is, like, the uncertainty of what was going on at the time. And again, you know, it, it's... There wasn't anyone, that I think, that was completely calm and chilled True. about the situation. Yeah. Yeah, just like the whole sort of uncertainty of of what was going on was that was quite quite horrific. Um, but in yeah. terms of not having to sort of socialize, and also I think one you know when it was very much you know you can only mix with a certain amount of people because that that is sort yeah. of something that I struggle with. In the okay. I can be out with my best friends. But, you know, if there's a, a certain, once it's sort of over a certain group, I, I find it quite difficult. You know, I mean, obviously, sort of one of the things about the not understanding social sort of etiquette, so to speak. Yeah. Um. You know, I am just like, well, who should I be speaking to? And, yeah, you know, it's like, well, is it is it all right just to speak to a certain amount of people? Or, you know, yeah. and, it, and again, it's like this constant internal monologue and just sort of the noise and everything. Yeah, it gets quite overwhelming. It must be tiring. I am constantly exhausted. And, yeah. you know, and, and and again, that's sort of another thing. And I mean, we sort of talked in previous episodes about the yeah. fact that, you know, I've, I've done triathlon and, 
you know, sort of yeah. hype, um, ultra marathons. And it's, you know, it's sort of a different sort of feeling of exhaustion. It's like swimming when with an anchor tied to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how does it work with, with family, like with, with your kids? Do, do, do they know about it? Do they understand it? Or are you just tired and not engaging? I mean, I... I know you're not, but yeah. Well, they know that I need my quiet time. I think they know that when I'm feeling overwhelmed, and again, you know, it's like, well, every parent gets snappy, but it, it is, you know, sort of... I guess there are times where they, you know, there is a bit of, of sort of treading on eggshells around me. Um, yeah. And I mean, like my daughter today, it's like she sent me a text at three o'clock saying, can my friend come round? Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, I didn't actually pick it up until later. She said, oh, we're going to the park. Yeah. But it is like, that's the sort of thing where, yeah, that's unplanned, yeah. you know. But, you know, that's that's a big thing for me. Sort of, you mentioned mindfulness and I, I guess yeah. it's the, the, you know there's a lot of tools that I've I've kind of used over the years to to manage it. You know, it yeah, it's it's been like as I say, a lot of self kind of self care. That would be my next question, right? Um, how do you how do you combat that? I mean, that's that's. I mean, I've I've no experience. I've experience with mindfulness, um, but I don't have any experience with mindfulness and and ADHD um, or autism. Does it work? Does it work for you to focus on things when you start meditating? Does it get better? I mean, we we sort of mentioned about again in the previous episode about um, heights and you know, sorry, taking yeah. supplements and how you know once you're on the treadmill, you've got to stay on. So, like with mindfulness, I mean, it's almost like you know things get really bad, and I'm like, right, I need to get back into my mindfulness, and then I'll sort of be yeah doing mindfulness for fifty days straight. And it's then when I stop and then a few weeks later, suddenly it's like all oh, things are starting to unravel. So it's, yeah. it's you know, there, there is on one hand, it's that thing of, yeah, helping me focus. And, and I guess when I have a bit of a meltdown, a bit like an anxiety attack, mindfulness yeah. sort of helps like in the, you know, in, in the heat of it, I guess. But, you know, as a... I'd say that it's kind of like the the thing that I found has been most beneficial in sort of dealing with yeah anxiety and depression, um, and uh, you know, and that's I think another thing is is that I've I've known that I've struggled well that I've suffered from depression. So is that on top of, or is that a byproduct of? Well, and you know, and it's almost sort of now. I get, you know, it, it's. I think for me, get sort of getting the the diagnosis was that a lot of things made like made sense. See, and a lot of the symptoms are almost kind of quite vague concepts as well but it's sort of this feeling of of not fitting in of you know yeah, yeah. like the social anxiety and it's but it's just this constant feeling of, of not fitting in sort of constant second guessing yourself and an example of that will be 
that I've not listened back to any of the podcasts because I'm yeah. I'm like they're just going to be awful, you know. It's it's you know, and and it's like I need to to polish up the show notes, etc. Yeah, yeah. But all, almost like this this well, the anxiety it's going to be awful, and and there might be like one small sort of hiccup or something, or where we've talked over each other or something like that. Yeah. And and then you know that will be, you know, something that that could keep me awake. And you know, there's there's been a couple that we've recorded where I have yeah. been like, oh, I'm gonna have to say to Falk, we need to scrap that episode, you know, just because him, you know, in my head, it's yeah, we're gonna get a deluge of emails saying, yeah, scrap the podcast, scrap that episode, they're all awful. That's fine. Um, <laughs> let, let's talk about depression. Is that? Again, I, I've been I've been super lucky over the years. Um, you know, I, I know I know of so many people that you know got got mental health difficulties because of all, all sorts of things, right? But in, in in my case, I took so many redundancies. A lot of people didn't didn't bounce back. Mm. And hindsight, I, I put it down to mindfulness about being mm. you know having built this resilience, being able to to talk to my mind to to myself differently. So I, I, I never got depression. Yes, I have anxiety. I think not more or less than other people. Yes, I worry a lot, but probably not more or less than other people. And there is irrational behavior, right? There, there, I think it's, it's, it's human, right? It's human mm. to, to, to worry about shit that, you know, doesn't matter. But what you're describing is, is going a step further, right? And, and that's obviously why, we, why we're discussing it, because this, this is proper mental health. Um, when, when, you know, depression is not not something to, you know, to if I say um, to joke about, right? I mean, I I I've known people from probably my early uni days, so so going back many years. One who, who was never diagnosed with, with depression, but I'm sure she was, and and others I met at uni, and I'm like, how do I deal with that? You know, no one no one tells you how to deal with that, mm. and I don't know if mindfulness helps. I mean, I. You know, I think if it wasn't down to my mindfulness practice, I don't, you know, I always say that very, very jokingly. I don't think I would be here today. And mm. I'm not talking about suicide. I'm talking about I wouldn't be in the position I'm here today. Yeah. So, you know, I would have packed things in. And it's, you know, so I want to do a segue about a book that I'm reading at the moment. But, I, you know, I, I always had this polarized view of, you know, being CEO for Daimler Chrysler or, or being a shepherd in, in Australia, right? Like either you know, living hand and mouth or, you know, having um, having this flash life. And, and I don't think I'm either, <laughs> which is fine. I'm just normal, right? I'm just like everyone else, which is, I think, how you record this podcast. I mean, how, how, how can you deal with depression? I mean, how, how do you diagnose it? How, you know, how, how do you notice it day to day? How, how do you deal with it? Because you, you can't control it, right? I mean, correct me. I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert. I mean, I'm, so, you know, obviously, if we talk about pandemic. Yeah. And again, you know, overthinking things, but it, you know, I was I was getting annoyed with the fact that the Wi-Fi was slowing down when I'm on Zooms because, you know, the kids are both doing their lessons and stuff. And yeah. my partner's online as well for her work. And I'm like, I'm getting annoyed with this, but you know, it's there's kids in tower blocks in London that have got you know a, yeah. a broken smartphone between them that 
it's like you know i'm privileged i'm super lucky i don't really have any problems yeah and and then and it's like so why you know and and obviously during the pandemic it's a bit different because i say there's a lot of uncertainty but yeah you know it is that thing of of you know i write for a living which is what i've always wanted to do i have got you know goals that i'd like to achieve but you know i've got humble brag i've got a lovely house you know it's yeah. um in the southeast which you know lots of people can't afford to get on the property ladder i'm just rambling again now but you know it's like i've got every yeah. i've got two amazing children i've got everything i could ever want but there's always not always but there's often this cloud and it's this you know yeah it's often like feels like swimming with an anchor sort of tied to your leg it's like yeah. everything is just an effort and yeah having lots of reasons to be cheerful yeah but you know but just not not being able to see joy in the world I mean what yeah what you I mean what you just described is you know I think it's gratitude right it's yeah gratitude self-awareness you know all, all parts of the of the Buddhist philosophy you know alongside mindfulness and um mm. you know I mean I think that's it's that's a way of combating it but I mean I, I assume but I don't know again that, that's why I'm asking the, the stupid questions why I didn't prepare on purpose I always think <laughs> good excuse yeah because I, I always think depression works in a way that you wake up in the morning and you just don't feel like wanting to do anything it's like similar to if I say migraine right you wake up in the morning you have a sore head and, and yeah. we're talking alcohol again we're talking you know yeah. migraine I, I I never had migraines. My my wife um, used to suffer from, but it's like you you, you can't do anything. You, you're almost paralyzed. Is, is yeah. depression like that, or do you just carry on with your day to day life? Uh, I, mean, I mean, there's like one of the best books I've read, or well, was I listened to on an audio book, but it's um, Alistair Campbell's book. Um, I think it is called Depression, and yeah. uh, I actually. I read an article in the Guardian and I was just like, oh my God, he's just got it spot on. And and I was so sort of, it, I don't know, it resonated so much. I emailed yeah. him and I'm like, it's Alistair Campbell. You know, he must get loads of emails. And and it was a Sunday as well. And he responded. Yeah. And I said to him, actually, oh, because I think he sort of mentioned about how he's got, we'll mention one of his podcasts and I said in the email I'm like one day I'm gonna have a podcast and I'm gonna have you on it so yeah. uh the campaign starts here but um we, we he, should get him on yeah he talks about how he sees it as a scale yeah. from one to ten and okay. you know one is I'm gonna kill myself um yeah. and ten is I'm you know ecstatic and on top of the world and he's like 10 is never going to be achievable and one you know he is like i'm i can't i'll never allow myself to get there but you know sort of two so he sort of almost rates it and it's like if it's a, a number two then that's a day where he can't get out of bed yeah. um sort of a three four it's like get out of bed have a shave and you know that's an accomplishment and you know and he, he sort of says that you know, on some days, 
depending on what number he's rating it as that's a day where he has to cancel all his appointments and you know he, he can't speak to anyone um you know other ones it's like right well i'll cancel that social engagement but of you know i i can get through these work meetings yeah and you know and and that well again a spectrum you know it, it's so it's not a case of not being able to get out of bed for several days but yeah and and I can't say that I've ever sort of not been able to get out of bed, but I mean, yeah, I mean, like sort of taken a lot of motivation to get out of the house, yeah. you know, for a walk or something. So I'm, I'm I'm looking at your at your notes, which I haven't read until until we went live here. But um, one one research you've done says diagnosis has increased by almost eight hundred percent in the last two decades. Yeah, which. I don't know if that, you know, I haven't looked at the link. I don't know if that's for autism, neurodiversity, ADHD, um, or, or combined. So that, that's, that's autism uh, diagnosis. Yeah. Is, is that because we're more aware of it? Is that because more people are suffering with it? Well, I mean, I think it's... Oh, one thing I read, actually, is is um, sort of social media is... Because I think a lot, lot of people are now sharing sort of the the non-Rain Man, you know, yeah. sort of symptoms or traits or however you want to describe it. It's, you know, there's they're sort of a growing awareness of, oh, right, or maybe, you know, maybe that is why I lose my shit when, you know, yeah, yeah when my, my daughter says that she wants to bring a friend round in 15 minutes, you know, it, yeah. it's... So, I mean, I think... So yes, there there's sort of there's more sort of recognition of it. So there's more people saying, "Yeah, I want to be assessed." Um, also, I mean, there was a change in the law in two thousand and nine, which meant that um, adults had the same legal right to get a diagnosis. Um, yeah. So I mean, with those stats, that's all ages that diagnosis increased by eight hundred percent. But I mean, and it doesn't break it down by ages, but it does show that the median age, so you know, the average age of diagnosis is going up. Yeah. But one one question, sorry, if I if I if I come back to that. So with, with your daughter, what is it that bothers you? I mean, you, you wouldn't have to do anything, right? I mean, it wouldn't affect you yeah. if you bring someone home. Yeah. Um yeah, a, a very valid question and a great question. And Sorry if I asked that, it'd be so blunt. No, um, and, you know, it's, that was almost how my mum was when I was growing up. And I was like, I never want to be, you know, I want my house to be the one where, you know, kids just drop round. Yeah. But it is like, actually, yeah, it's, and, you know, it it is, yeah, why? What is, what is the issue? Well, you know, it, it, we try and have like a twenty-four hour rule of of um, yeah, you know, having a friend round that you know, twenty-four hours notice, and yeah. that's kind of what what I need. But I don't, I don't know why. I mean, you mentioned your mum. Is it? Did you inherit it from your mum? Is it something you inherit, or is it something you develop? So, I mean, I guess it was my my granddad, and it was like, oh, well, you know, granddad just likes you know things done as is you know and that's that's a trait yeah. that's a family trait from that side of the family 
and, you know, and I, and I think I might have sort of mentioned it. I'm like, oh, perhaps granddad's autistic. Oh, no, no, he just likes things done a certain way. And it's like, yeah. oh, that is kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, my, you know, my mum doesn't like sort of plans changing. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that was kind of when, you know, Alicia pointed out to me, it's like, that's exactly what I do. Because it's almost like a change of plans or, I don't know, it's, it's almost like yeah. a physical shock. So, so how could you cure it? Is there, is there a cure? <laughs> no, no, it's not you, You're laughing, right? I mean, that's, that's why I'm asking these naive questions. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's neurodiversity is that basically your brain works different to yeah. the majority of people. Yeah, you know, and like mindfulness, obviously... There's evidence that it does change the neural pathways. Yeah. So are there fire together together or something like that? I guess I guess the question is, you know, are there any uh, autistic Buddhist monks? That's what we need to find out. But um, you you have the AD no, sorry, you have the um, mindfulness based stress reduction course that Mark Williams um, developed, and then you have the no, sorry, that uh, John Kabat-Zinn developed, and then you have the um, mindfulness-based um, cognitive therapy, right, which Mark Williams developed, which is more towards depression, which is, if I say, you know, if if if, if, if I know about stress reduction and, you know, mindfulness, you know, if I say on, on the basic level, that, that goes a level deeper, that goes into therapy, right? Mindfulness is therapy. So, I, you know, I wouldn't be able to comment on that. But I know there there, there are, you know, ways of, of using mindfulness and, and meditation um, to combat that, um, I mean, it's. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah. I think it's. Well, you know, I don't think there is a cure. I think you know, and as I say, it's. You know, some people are severely disabled. Um, yeah, that you yeah. know that they need sort of wraparound care, but I mean, I guess they have other sort of conditions as well that might. Which you don't have, but you, you, it's still a disability, right? If you think about it, you know, you, you, you can't do the same things other people do. So, or you can, but it, it's, it's more of an effort, which means for, for you to do to triathlon is probably double the effort than it would be for me. I mean, well, no, no. I mean, well, okay. what I mean, using that as an example. Or... Yeah, just as an example in terms I'm, of because you have, yeah, you have the voices yeah. in your head and everything else. So you don't really have the phys- in my head. You have yeah. the physical bit, but you also have the mental bit, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, do, I mean, did that does it go on whilst you? I don't know. You, you you're cycling and you're swimming and you're running. Oh man, no. I mean, that's almost like the. Is it an yeah. escape? Exercise, actually, kind of. Yeah, it is. It's like meditation, getting it out. Getting yeah. It, yeah. 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 Yeah, I guess it is that, you know, that, that, well, I, I guess it is almost like the, the yeah, only well, time my mind yeah. is, is quiet. And I remember actually, it's funny you say that, that, yeah, yeah, I, I was working on a, well, a feature for a magazine, um, that I'd not written for before. Yeah. I, you know, so it was, that was a thing that I was just sort of thinking about constantly. Um, you know, whether I was working on it or not, it was just, stressing me out and i'd entered this uh or entered my first duathlon which is a run yeah. cycle run well i i hadn't got i hadn't trained as well as i'd hoped 
But I remember, and I was like, should I do it? Should I not? And I remember thinking, well, I'm pretty sure whatever happens, I won't be thinking about this fucking feature that's been, yeah. you know, that's been like whirring around my mind for the past week. And, you know, and again, it's not really sort of something that I've thought of until now, almost. Well, and I guess that was when I got into multi-sport. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's odd that, I mean, I because I always sort of, the mo- the jobs when I guess I was, when anxiety really started to affect yeah. me, but I was cycling into work. Now I'm I'm fully aware of what, you know, my coping mechanisms are and what the healthy yeah. ones are you know and obviously we talked about alcohol in a well in several several previous episodes and you know and, and I, for basically for me it's i do need to have a drink at a social event otherwise you know and and yeah. i've been few well earlier in the year i met up with sort of four friends so friends you know that i've known since i was 16 and um and you know, friends that I've grown up drinking with, but you know, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to drink because uh, I mean, it does just wipe me out for a week. Yeah. Um, but so you know, I went and I didn't drink, and it was you know, I just felt really uncomfortable, and it's like, why, why am I so uncomfortable with these you know yeah. guys that are practically my brothers? Yeah, you know, it's it, it's just uh, this constant feeling of of being on edge. Yeah. I found that super interesting and I I hope that listeners go like shit this is serious stuff right and and also listeners go like yeah I I I I know someone like that and that we created a little bit more awareness for it but also get people to to think about that mm. because there there are probably people we're working with that that have the same similar well, and issues cha- challenges right yeah and all that yeah well and i think i mean oh there was sort of one of the stats i read i think with adhd i think it's something like they think it's one and a half million people have it in the uk but only one hundred and twenty thousand are diagnosed and you know obviously we like to uh throw in a few suicide stats in every episode don't we but um i mean it's it, it's again like in autism and adhd yeah it's frighteningly high and well and you know and the sort of where i've said there with the adhd the you know that they reckon there's one and a half million people but only one hundred twenty thousand have had a diagnosis yeah. It's, you know, a lot of the time that people that have got alcohol or or drug, I mean, well, Sean Ryder, and so I know we're coming to the end, but Sean Ryder's another one, yeah. like from the Happy Mondays, what was known as, you know, a massive hedonist, and he got a diagnosis quite recently. And, you know, it, it seems that generally a lot of people that self-medicate is because of, of you know, neurodiversity issues. Yeah. But anyway, as you say, we're at we're at the end. We, we are. Maybe we need to revisit that. Um, but thanks for sharing your story. I, I found I found that fascinating. It's maybe not the right word, but yeah, we need to talk more about that. I remember in my my podcast. I I used to have. I talked a lot about. Or I interviewed a lot of people that had burnout, which which again, you know, is, is, is unfortunately too too common. But we needed to. I still think we need to raise more awareness for it. And I think it's the same with ADHD and, and neurodiversity. 
Um, so thanks for sharing your story. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Feel free to reach out to Volker or David via our website, www.manupdown.com or podcast at manupdown.com with any feedback or to let us know what topics you'd like us to cover in the future. Hear you again soon.